I've done this church thing for a long time now, and I think I've got something important to say about it, about your expectations, and about you. Here's the deal with the church you are in right now. There could be something deep in your heart that changes today. We hope for that. In fact, we pray for that. But honestly, in my experience, the chances are, well, kind of slim. Now, I know that sounds a bit harsh, even blunt, but I don't know if there's much that can really change a person in 60 minutes. We all know that real change takes a lifetime. They'll ask you to focus on God, and that's a great thing. But it'll be almost impossible to really focus, especially with everything going on in your life. They'll ask you not to be apathetic. I assure you, nobody's apathetic about Jesus. You've just heard this message over and over. Now, I really don't want to sound negative, so when they sing, sing along. When they pray, close your eyes. And when they study the Bible, follow along. But as you do these things, my advice to you is simple, really simple. Be careful how much you allow your heart to lean in, to lean in toward God, to lean in toward the other people in the room. Oh, there will be a time for you to lean in more, but it might not be today. So hey, thanks for taking the time to listen. I don't consider myself an expert or anything. I've just been around long enough to have a little experience in the church. I hope you have a great day and that this church meets your expectations. And if you need anything at all, or you just wanna talk, I'll be around. Yeah, that's the response I was hoping to get. As you're listening to that, you're like, okay, that's good. And then you're kind of like, well, that's kind of good. And then, well, wait, I, I don't know if I agree with that completely. And, and then when you got the twist at the end, you're like, oh, that's why, because you're the bad guy. <laughs> and the reason I wanted to show you that video to start off our little talk today is because that's the slippery slope that we're on. You need to understand that the biggest enemy of the church today is not outright lies. It's subtle, subtle shifts amidst the truth. It is the little changes that are masquerading as consistency and orthodoxy. And so I'm coming today with a message for you, one that uh, is piggybacking off this, and it's basically a question that we have to ask ourselves, which is, am I awake? And I want you to say those three words with me. I'll say them again, am I awake? On the count of three, you say them right now. Ready? One, two, three. We need to ask ourselves that question. Am I awake? We're going to look at one verse of Scripture. And by the way, if you're not a follower of Christ, I'm so thankful that you're here and you're in this environment. I'm not going to talk to you today. I'm glad you're here to overhear. I want to talk to those who call themselves followers of Christ. And so you can critique us based on this because this is the Word of God. And we need to ask ourselves the question, are we awake? We love sleep. Can I get an amen in the house? How many of you set at least three different alarms on your phone to get up every single day? That is a huge generation thing. I do not know how that works. You like said to me, we just had a snooze. We hit it every nine minutes and, and we kept going. How many of you don't do well at math, but you can do algebra in your sleep? You know what I'm talking about? Where you wake up, look at the clock, go, if I go to sleep right now, I still can get 47 extra minutes of sleep. And you do that. We love sleep, don't we? Well, the Bible warns us that we could be sleeping through some of the most important things. We could be sleeping away opportunity. 
I'm from Hutchinson, just down the road, and I got up one morning and I put my phone on silence. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't let it wake me up. I, I, I turn that thing off. I, I take my leash off on a regular basis so I can just be me. And I got up one morning and I looked and my phone had blown up overnight. And I was like, what is going on? I got friends texting me, what is going on? Can you believe it? And, all of a sudden, and then I started peeling into it and there were links to news stories. And apparently there was a high speed chase out in the country, got up to 120, 130 miles an hour. Then it came into town, ended up with a crash in a front yard across the street from me. Across the street from me. There were, there were KBI guys and ATF guys in the front yard all night long, and I slept through it. The most exciting thing that ever happened in Hutchinson, Kansas, and it happened across the street from me, and I slept through it. Well, the warning that we get in Scripture today is that we are a part of the church, and the church is slumbering through the most important assignment that it's ever been given, and that we must wake up, because if we sleep through this, it's not just FOMO, fear of missing out on the biggest thing to happen in your small town. This has eternal consequences. And so I want to pray for us. I know we prayed already. I want to pray for you, because I know what I want to share with you, and I've only got like 20 minutes to do this in, but I want to challenge us through one verse of Scripture to wake up. So on the count of three, one more time, give me a wake up. Ready? One, two, three. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for these who are gathered here. I thank you. This generation is a great generation, that these students are not, not uh, the danger, but they are the hope. And I pray that in the next few minutes, they would be inspired by your word and that we would all wake up and we would not let the world put us to sleep. For it's in Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, all right, let me show you the one verse that I want to look at. It's from Ephesians chapter 5, really looking at verse 14. Here's what it says. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It's so good, I want you to read it out loud with me. It's big print. You can do this. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Awake. Now that's in quotes. If you're reading this in the New Testament, Paul wrote the, the book of Ephesians, and he puts this in quotes because he's quoting the Old Testament, and we can't find this verse, but what we think it is, is it's a mishmash of Isaiah 60, verse 1, 9, verse 2, 26, verse 19. This is basically the Apostle Paul's summary of the Old Testament book of Isaiah. This one verse, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And so it's pretty simple, but I've got three things that I think can easily be drawn from this that he warned us about. And the first one is this. You're going to see it as a statement. Wake up. We've said it three times now. I want you to do it one more time. Ready? One, two, three. Wake up. It says this, awake, O sleeper. Now, the Bible study portion of this is amazing. The word awake is egregere, which means to rise, to, to awaken, but, but more importantly than that, the word sleeper. When it says arise or awaken, who is he talking to? Who is, who is the, the object? Who, who is the focus of the awake statement? The word sleeper can be translated several different ways. At its very best, it means indifferent, apathetic means somebody who's just, yeah, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, the culture's doing this, or the church is persecuted, or people are going to hell. Or, if you're that kind of sleeper, you're, you're that person who can listen to a missionary plead with you for prayers and financial support, and you're like, yeah, whatever, I, I need to get out of here, it's time for lunch. You're, you're just indifferent, you got kind of a calloused heart. On the other end of it, at its worst, it means somebody who's dead. It means somebody who is literally dead, either spiritually dead or physically dead, but the good news, everybody say good news. Whether you are indifferent or whether you are spiritually dead or even physically dead, as we believe in the body of Christ, 
that we have the opportunity to awake. Everybody say awake. How come nobody's excited as I am right now? This, this is going to get really good. We, have the, we can be dead in our seats. We can be dead in our hearts. We can be dead in this life. And yet we have the opportunity to wake up. The problem is people in a dream don't usually know they're in a dream. I mean, you, when you're in a dream, you're not going, oh, I'm in a dream. This is cool. Think I'll fly right now. Oh, I'm in a dream. I bet I can have superpowers. No, when you're in the dream, you don't know you're in the dream. And this world is designed to make you numb and dream its dream. I want you to let that sink in for just a minute. This world is designed to numb you out so that you dream its dream and you won't even know you're doing it. You're a follower of Christ, but bit by bit, with a little bit of truth in every lie, we start to buy what the world wants us to buy. And the apostle Paul says, wake up. One more time. Everybody say, wake up. Wake up. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm going to get real down in the nitty-gritty and in your business, and some of you are going to think I'm judgy after this, or you're just not going to like it, but I'm just going to ask you. You be the judge of, if you're a follower of Christ, and this is the Word of God, very tiny Word of God. Why did I bring a Bible this small today? I have no idea. I already look like I have big monkey hands around this. Uh, but, but, but I want to challenge you on some areas where I think the church is falling asleep. Let's just be adults right now. Sex. The world wants you to believe that sex has zero consequences. As of last week, I have been a licensed gospel minister for 30 years. For 30 years. So I've been, I've been doing this longer than you've been breathing. Y'all understand that. Say, thank you very much. I'm in one of the only professions where the older you get, the better you're supposed to be, right? That's the way that works. The hoary-headed, gray-haired saints of God. So I, I wish I just had some gray hair. I, I would take that if I could get it. But I've been in this ministry for 30 years, and here's what I can tell you. In 30 years, counseling hundreds, maybe thousands of couples and individuals, sitting down and praying with and talking to people in crisis, here's one thing I can tell you. No one has ever said to me, not one time, I really miss my sleeping around days. That's when life was great. My life is so much better because it was based on promiscuity. Oh, yes, our relationship is so sound because we just did everything we wanted to do. It's never, never, ne 30 years. I, I, know, I know you're looking at me right now and going, oh, fuddy-duddy. That shows how old I am. I use the term fuddy-duddy, right? Uh, that, that you're just st stuck in the mud. You're, you're from the old world. No, I'm, I'm telling you, 30 years of history, not one time has that ever been the sentiment that's crossed my desk. Here's what I have heard thousands of times. That single incident broke us apart. That memory won't leave me alone. That pain, that mistake has haunted me again and again and again. I'm just going to tell you right now, the world wants to numb you out and say, no, you can do whatever you want and be whatever you want and think whatever you want and have whatever you want. There's no consequences. Let's just take it to its basic form. Sex has consequences. In Psalm 139, one of my favorites, watch this, watch this. When you have sex, I don't know if you know this, if you haven't taken biology yet, sex makes babies. You say, well, it doesn't have to. Oh, it always does. You say, well, no, they're not a life until. If you're a believer, I want to read this to you. Here's what it says in Psalm 139, verse 13. For you form my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in the secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. Substance? Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, as yet there were none of them. So when does life begin? Well, according to this, when your substance 
Is that an embryo? No, it's before that. What is, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not a biology person. I don't have that kind of science. All I know is that baby, fetus, embryo, substance, by the time you're substance, God knows who you are. Y'all follow me on this? Sex has consequences. Boy, I've never felt a heavier room in here like this. Okay, let's, let's move on to something else. How about substance abuse? Song was on the topic of substance. You know what I've never heard in 30 years? 30 years of ministry, never heard one time. Whew, I sure miss my drinking days. Not one time. Not one time. Whew, man, when I was doing drugs, my life was so much better. I had all the money I needed, and I was on top of the world. Never. Never. And I, I know, the Bible doesn't say drinking is a sin. No, it doesn't. It says drunkenness is a sin. That's right. Dr- drinking isn't a sin. But if you saw me, if, if I was standing up here with a cold brewski, so you're like, oh, that would be uncomfortable. Because no one associates that with godliness. You can lie to yourself all you want and buy the world's lies, but do you know what Proverbs 20 verse 1 says? Wine is a mocker and strong drink a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Wake up! Wake up! Gender identity. Boy, if I'm going to offend everybody, let's just go down all the roads. Does this sound like fun? When it comes to gender identity, what are we telling? The world is trying to tell us you can be whatever you want. And I'm not going to stand up here and be some hyper-conservative who makes fun of this. I think this is a horrible struggle that some people are stuck in. They really have heartfelt issues and, and they really have burdens upon them. But I want to simplify it for you. In Genesis 127, here's what it says about you. So God created man in his own image. He, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The world is trying to complicate it. They're giving you forms and sheets with 27 non-binary pan this and that. Male and female. Are are there effeminate men? Yes, but they're still men. Are there masculine women? Yes, but they're still women. We're men and women biologically. Here's the issue. I'm pleading with you. I'm going to get on my knees so I can plead with you for something here. The oldest student here, the oldest student here is probably what, 21, 22? Okay, well, you're, you're a non-trad. All right, we all know who it is. Is that what we're saying? Okay, okay, okay calm down, calm down. This is not, I feel like I've just thrown somebody under the bus. Listen, listen, listen. The oldest normal college senior, oldest normal college senior is going to be in that 21, 22, 23 24 range. We will give it. I mean, maybe you're on the extended program. I have no idea. But you're going to a private school. You need to cut that short. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Anyway, so 22, 23, 24, 25. Have you tried to rent a car? Have you tried to rent a car? You want to know why most of you have never rented a car? They won't let you. I'm an adult. Really? When do you become an adult? Well, 18. Well, who says that? You can't drink till you're 21, but you can die in the military at 18. But you can't rent a car without your parents or another consenting adult until you're 23 to 25, depending on the company. You want to know why? Because the insurance companies know that the synapses in your brain have not even finished connecting yet until you're 23 to 25. I love you, but you're not even whole baked yet. 
Are you finding? Are you following me on this? Here's what I'm saying. You're making decisions and altering bodies and, and setting life trajectories. This is still soup up here that's warming up. You're still growing. At least cut yourself some slack until your brain is fully formed. Can I get an amen in the house? I mean, I, lo- I love you. I'm not trying to demean you. This is biology. You're going to hit 25 and all of a sudden you're going to go, man, I was stupid. There's a whole lot of growing up. But the world wants to keep us muted and silenced and sleepy and numb so that we'll just buy whatever they want to sell. Let me give it to you one illustration. I, I got a couple adult sons. My, my youngest son is a senior in college right now, so I've been where you've been. I've raised where you've been. You understand this? And when my oldest was just, and we only had the one, when he was just a, a, a toddler, his mama came back from Walmart one day, and she was crying and holding him close. I said, what's wrong? She goes, I was at Walmart, and I saw the worst child in the world. I'm like, was it ours? <laughs> She's like, No. I'm like, well, good, you're at Walmart. That's where they keep the worst children in the world. If you want to see them, you just go to Walmart. She goes, there was this little girl, and she was in a cart, and she was screaming at her mama going, no, no, no. And I'm like, sounds horrible. She goes, yes, I don't want Noah to ever do that. And I'm like, teen parenting, I don't want him to do that either. She's like, I want to make sure he doesn't do that. Are we going to kill him? What are we going to do? I have no idea. I mean, I'm with you, but what, what do you mean you don't want him to do that? And she's like, I don't want him to ever learn that word. You don't want Noah to learn the word no? She's like, shh. I'm like, baby, it's the first syllable of his name. I don't know how we're going <laughs> to pull that up. But my wife is a genius. We, we didn't use the word no. We used cessation of activity, stop, desist, quit. And that little boy grew up, and he did not learn no. He knew yes, he'd be walking around the house. Yes, yes, yes. You get him to say yes to whatever you wanted. You love your daddy? Yes. You're going to clean your room? Yes. Promise not to date till you're 35? Yes. You can get a yes out of him for anything. I remember I was watching the Mavs play one afternoon. He's toddling around. Yes, yes, yes. Off in the corner, we had one of them spinning lazy boy chairs with the ficus tree. And he disappeared for a second. I saw that ficus tree go. I said, Noah? And he pops out. Yes. Are you playing with that tree? Yes. You knock it off, okay? Yes. I remember going back to my game. It's a good boy. Tell his daddy yes. I love him. Before we got to a commercial break, the tree started moving again. I pause the game. Noah. Yes? Are you still messing with that tree? Yes. Did I tell you to leave it alone? Yes. Then knock it off. Yes. Boy, tell me yes, better mean yes. It wasn't a minute later. Y'all know where it's going, right? <laughs> Tree didn't go, it went. <laughs> and the lazy boy started spinning. I'm like, oh, I'm so mad. This is that moment, if you've ever watched those wildlife shows where animals eat their young, this is where you realize why. <laughs> I come over there, and he's so little, man, he doesn't even realize sound travels. He's looking at the tree going like, why you fall down? <laughs> I'm like, Noah, <gasps> yes. Did you knock that over? Yes. Did I tell you to leave it alone? Yes. Do you need a whooping? Yes. <laughs> and that stopped everything. So I'm like, come here, your mama's got you jacked up. Because <laughs> if anybody ever asks you if you need a whooping, the answer is, 
Help me out. Let's try that one more time. If anybody ever asks you, you need a whooping, the answer is no. We got to say no. So we don't say yes to everything. We don't walk around just saying yes, yes, whatever. You Sure, I believe it. Sure, that sounds great. Sure, whatever you want. Sure. No, we need to wake up. On the count of three, everybody say wake up. One, two, three. We need to wake up. And the world wants to keep us numb and dreaming. And we need to wake. But here's the second part of this. Not only do we need to wake up, we need to get up. Count three, everybody say get up. One, two, three. This phrase, and arise from the dead. That's why I think when he's saying sleeper, he means all the way to spiritual death because the second part of this is what? He says arise, anasta, which means to get up, to arise. When, when Jesus said little girl, talitha kum, arise, that, that's the word arise. That's, a, that's that word when he says anasta. It's a great word. It means get up, but what, literally from what? From your slumber, from your death, from your apathy, from your indifference. And this is where things have to change because we live in a world where where they say knowledge is power, and it is not. Knowledge is fuel, only action is power. You can know stuff all day long and change nothing. But if you know stuff and then you apply stuff, then that's power. Can I get an amen in the house? See, a Christian in this context, in this world, has to be somebody who refuses to become a victim. And the only way we do that is we do know, we do train, we do believe, but then we have to put it in action. We have to get up. Once you wake up, then you have to get up. Everybody say, wake up. Everybody say, get up. Be excited the Chiefs are headed to the Super Bowl. Anybody happy about that? Yeah, that'll divide a room pretty quick. Whether you are or not, man, it's been, been great to watch them over the last few years. Mahomes is absolutely a stellar athlete, but I come from, uh, I, I, my, my little brother, I'm the smallest of three brothers, believe it or not. My, my little brother played four years for Mangino at KU. We've always, we've loved football, watched, watched, and one of my favorites from back in the day was Mike Singletary. Anybody remember him? Hall of Famer, Mike Singletary. He, he was an incredibly fast, incredibly physical guy. And I remember once watching after a game where he had done, he, I mean, he had come clear across the field and made a tackle that like was going to be on the highlight reels. It was just amazing where he came out of nowhere. And a CBS reporter asked him, how is it that you are tackled by a couple of linemen on one side of the field and you make it all the way across the other side of the field to make the tackle? And here's what he said. Are you ready for this wisdom? This is great. He said, I get up. I love that answer. What's the secret sauce? I get up. When you get knocked down, what do you do? And I get up. When I, get, when I hear that I've been put down, what do I do? I get up. When somebody tries to put me in a place and keep me locked in and, and tell me, stay asleep, what are you going to do? you got to get up. And that is, that is the goal, that, that we would not only awake a sleeper, but then we would arise from the dead. And because my time is running short, let me take us to the last one. And finally, you got to look up. You wake up, you get up, and now you? We're having fun now. Let's do this together. Everybody say right over me. Wake up, get up, look up. That's almost fun. Say it with a smile on your face this time. Okay, here we go. Everybody say, wake up, get up, look up. And now look at the last part. It says, awake, O sleeper. You gotta, you gotta come out of the coma. You gotta come out of the trance. And then you gotta do something. Arise from the dead. And what? And Christ will shine on you. And what does shine mean? It means to illuminate. I love this because what this is talking about is the fact that Christ is a savior, yes. Christ is a restorer, yes. But Christ is also a clarifier. You see, his word shines in our light 
life, and it gives us, it shows us what needs to change and what needs to be applauded. It shows what needs to be gotten rid of and what needs to be added. We, we come to Jesus. You know what this is all about? You're at a very, very crucial time in your life. You are going to give your life to something for the next several decades. You're making some decisions as to what you're going to give your life to. And I want you to be careful, beware of good things masquerading as God things in your life. Just like our opening video where it all sounded almost right, but it was just wrong enough to be completely off. Some of us can give our lives to good things, and good things are just short of the God things that he wants us to do. And because of that, we can spend our whole life doing social justice, spend our whole life doing philanthropy, spend our whole life doing good things, and miss the bigger, greater glory of the God stuff in our life. It's really important. And how do we do that? We have to let Christ, when we wake up, world, I will not dream your dream anymore. I will get up. I will use what God has given me. I will use this knowledge, and I will get up. And finally, I will always know where to go and what to do because Christ's light and Christ's word is going to be what shines and directs me. If it's anything else, that could be a good thing masquerading as a God thing. But what do I mean by that? Let me, let me give you the stability. Can we just agree to this? It's your generation. I'm, we're already, we've already handed the baton off to you guys. You guys are running with the, the ball now, right? It's you. Can we at least agree to this? World is a little unstable right now. I mean, just everything in every arena, politics, economics, social, culture, sexual, uh, entertainment, everything's just, it's always an upheaval. Wouldn't it be nice if something was stable? Wouldn't it be nice if there was just one thing that we could cling to? Okay, let me, I'm going to make a statement, and I, this one's going to upset some of you. I've really been trying to offend everybody. Are we getting close? I mean, I have not. I don't want to offend anybody. I want, but, but I want to say the hard things. I'm going to say something now, and I'll fight you in the parking lot if... if, if if this is, if you're going to argue with me on this, but here's a statement. Are you ready for this? I know this is coming from a preacher. It's going to sound a little doomsday, but, but listen, follow through to, with me to the end. The sun will not rise tomorrow. Somebody go, is he a prophet? Are we all going to die? What's going on? No, no, let me, let me make the statement even better. The sun has never risen. Ah, having a couple of astronomy students in here that know what we're talking about? If you haven't caught, me on, caught up with me yet on this, the sun has never risen because the sun always stands still. We move. It's the rotation of the, ah, yes. The sun has never risen. The sun will never rise. The sun will never set. You want to know why? Because the sun is stable. We're the ones who change. And in this world, you need to know something. Jesus the Christ is the one constant through all the ages. I am the same, the Alpha, the Omega, the first, the last, the beginning, and the end. I was here in the beginning, and I'll be here at the end. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Wouldn't it be nice to have something to illuminate the path in a world of shifting sands where everything is constantly moving that we could finally hold on to? And when we stood there, we were no longer seasick because it was stable and solid and sure. That's the hope of Christ and his word to illuminate our lives. Can I get an amen in the house? Let me explain this to you in one last little story. 
I, uh, I grew up in Great Bend, Kansas, which is, oh, I don't know, 45, 50 minutes from here. Uh, and uh, in Great Bend, Kansas, uh, as a kiddo, my mom in the summer would give each of the brothers a dollar, and that got you the whole day, because all you had to do was ride your bike to Britsball Park, and it took 25 cents to get into the pool, and then you could buy a pack of sunflower seeds for 35 cents, and then you had just enough after they closed the pool to go across the street to Dairy Queen and get a Mr. Misty before we went over to Britsball Park and became hooligans until dark, right? That's what we did every day. That was our plan. One dollar, and it was babysitting for the kid the whole day long. You're just gone. You're doing this. But what we loved is after all that whole day of being sun-stroked out and sunflower seeds and, and water-soaked and then a Mr. Misty in you, is there was this merry-go-round at Brit Spa Park that if you sat, it was only big enough for one person, and if you got three guys pushing it, you could seriously make somebody hurl in like no time flat. It was great. It was, and we did it every day. It was, it was the game. We would time it. We would see how long it took. And Scott was always the first to, to blow. It was great. Uh, and we'd put him on there. <laughs> and he's like, stop, stop. And if you didn't stop soon enough, then everybody got it as he was going around. And so these great memories, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, my childhood. Uh, so I, I remember taking my kids a few years ago to Brit Spa Park. And I was going to say, hey, I want to show you something. Uh, and I said, here, drink your Mr. Misty on the way. Come here. <laughs> uh, and I said, and, I, and we got up, and there it was, man. Same spot, looked just like it did, but as we got closer, I mean, I hadn't seen it in 20 years. The paint was a little chipped, but it was the same place. But it was so small now. It was so different. And I realized that I had changed. It was still there, and it was still in the same place, but but I had changed. And it made me wonder for a second, have I changed for the better or for the worse? And then I put my kids on it and made them throw up. It was awesome. <laughs> this world is a crazy place. And it's shifting here and there. And if you're a follower of Christ, the warning from the apostle Paul is this. Wake up. Don't dream their dream. And when you know what is truth, get up and do something with that in your life. And spend the rest of your days no longer living in fear and no longer falling under the same path. Look up and see that Christ can lead us even through the darkest times. Amen? Same with me. This is where we're going to end. Everybody say, wake up, get up, look up. I really want to hear it one more time, nice and loud. With a smile, please. It really helps with a smile. Ready? One, two, three. Wake up. Wake up. Get up. Get up. Look, up. Look up. Many blessings. Brother, why don't you come and pray for us? It's been a blessing to be with you guys. Thank you Amen. so much. Amen. Let's give Pastor Andy Addis a round of applause. Thank you. If you want to fight Andy Addis, uh, I'll stand with you and fight, brother. He stands on the word of God. Uh, let's hold Christians. Let's stand firm on this gospel. This is our authority. I hope... Um, if you're willing to have conversations about this message or God is calling you to salvation, I'd love to have a conversation with you. So I'm going to pray our quick. Father, I thank you uh, for what you're doing, Father. I pray that the, your word is living and active, that you would continue calling men and women to salvation. In Christ, and we pray. Amen.